freedom, man. That's what it's all about. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. Today is Sunday, June 17th, 2012. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 to 6 p.m. Central. We have a great show lined up for you here today, going to be continuing to talk about solutions. Today we're going to be discussing groupthink, the abandonment of personal responsibility, and the techniques of cults to indoctrinate and brainwash their followers. As part of our ongoing discussion of the non-support of the dominator culture, we have to stop supporting the entire concept of domination if we're ever going to get out of this mess that we have worked our way into as human beings in consciousness and the subsequent loss of freedom that goes hand in hand with that level of unconsciousness is really what it needs to be called. So, those topics coming up a little bit later on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I have a few event announcements uh, that I want to go over. Um, The first one is that I will be making an appearance on Occult Empire with Bob from Cincinnati on the summer solstice coming up June 21st, this Thursday at 8 p.m. on the Anti-Matter Broadcasting Network. So uh, I posted a news item on my news page of what on earth is happening. As a reminder for people to check that show out, Bob and I are going to be discussing natural law and really going into natural law, what it is, how it operates in our lives, and how we really need to bring our will into alignment with it. Um, We're going to be going into that in depth on the show this Thursday night on Occult Empire. I did make an appearance on Down the Rabbit Hole, a last minute appearance this Friday that just passed, which was uh, June 15th. Down the Rabbit Hole with Popeye, a great show that discusses 
problems similar to what I discuss here on What on Earth is Happening and proposes solutions. And uh, Popeye and I also got into natural law a lot on this show. I don't have the archive yet, but I will um, have it within the next couple of days, and I will post it to the news section. Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, as always, a group that I work with here, a group of activists I work with here in Philadelphia, presents their documentary screening and discussion night the last Thursday of every month at Essene Food Market, 4th and Monroe Streets here in the city of Philadelphia. This month, we will be meeting on Thursday, June 28th, and the film that we will be screening is Psy War, an excellent film about mind control and propaganda. So I have one more big event announcement on the other side of the break, and then we'll get get into our subject material. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I have one more event announcement. Of course, this is the big event coming up this summer here in Philadelphia. The Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations, July 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th here in the city of Philadelphia. Here's the events. The Tesla Science Conference will be taking place July 7th and 8th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. both days at Ruba Hall. Ruba Hall is at 414 Green Street. Tickets are only $25 per day in advance, $30 if you purchase them at the door. Tickets will be available via PayPal at the Tesla Science Foundation website, teslasciencefoundation.org. There will be a social gathering after the conference on both days in the cabaret room at Ruba from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. There will be an awards ceremony and concert, a, a concert featuring the Divine Hand Ensemble, a tremendous uh, classical ensemble centered around the theremin, a, an electronic instrument. And uh, the Divine Hand Ensemble has to be heard to really be seen and appreciate, uh, be believed and appreciated because they are an incredible classical ensemble and very, very unique. This will be taking place July 7th, that's uh, Saturday, from 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., also at Ruba Hall. Tickets are separate for the award ceremony and concert and are only $12. The Tesla Night Birthday Party, featuring live music and a Tesla coil demonstration. On the evening between July 9th and 10th, from 10 p.m. on July 9th to 2 a.m. July 10th, at the Independence Visitors Center, right outside of Independence Hall, 5th and Market Streets, and this event is free to attend. For more information on the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations for 2012, please visit the Tesla Science Foundation website at teslasciencefoundation.org. O-R-G. Okay, I have uh, one other quick announcement that the phone lines will be open again today only for military veterans who engaged in combat operations in the European theater during World War II. Only. 
That's the only people I'll be taking calls from today. Okay, so um, we will have a, a two all call-in shows coming up on the topic of non-support of dominators shortly, probably within less than a month, because I only have two more basic topics that I want to cover in this section, and that is the, after I finish for today, that is, I want to cover the occult mockery of the police and the military, and how they are owned by dark occultists, and they are ritualistically mocked through their symbolism that they are made to wear, and I want to talk about carnism, the practice of eating meat, and how that is one of the ultimate forms of domination that is keeping humanity as a farmed species. So those two topics will be coming up, and um, after that, then we will have two all-call-in shows that will be a free-for-all on the topic of the non-support of dominators. So for today, I just want to ask a question to military veterans who served in World War II, but actual, actually saw combat in World War II. That's one of the stipulations. So if you actually engaged in combat during World War II in the European theater, call in to the call-in number 866-841-1065. Once again, if you saw combat in the military theater of, in the European theater of operations during World War II, call in to 866-841-1065. I have a simple question that I want to ask, and I want to get your honest answer on the air, live. I realize that that's limiting the number of people because obviously whoever uh, served in that capacity will be quite old at this point in well into their 80s most likely and perhaps into their 90s so um, if you know anyone that uh, can call with an open mind and just allow me to ask a simple question and get their honest response on the air have them call in okay as always I'd like to direct people up to my website at whatonearthishappening.com where if you click on the radio show tab underneath the player, you will see images for today's show and a bunch of numeric links. You can click on those to follow along with the uh, slideshow presentation that goes hand in hand with the topics and ideas that I'll be talking about here today on the show. So let's jump into the subject material. Image number one is simply the poster for the Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations here in Philadelphia. If you have anyone you want to share that with, download it, print it, and give it to other people. Share it on your website. Whatever you'd like to do with it, it is there for you to do with as you will. Image number two uh, shows this whole overarching section of solutions, which I call the way out. Image number three is the list of the grassroots solutions for positive and lasting change. Okay, And we've covered most of these. We're on the non-supportive dominators now. Uh, in the future, after we exhaust this particular topic, I will be talking about the use of entheogens in a conscious context, uh, the importance of attempting to keep our thinking on the positive end and not get into 100% doom think. I know that's pretty difficult, believe me, well, where we're at, I understand that, but uh, it is something we should strive to do. And then helping others to awaken, which is part of personal responsibility. Once you understand enough to uh, 
at least be able to elucidate it uh, verbally and communicate it to other people, then you have a responsibility to help other people out of their trance. So those topics will be coming up in the solutions section. And uh, then I will be looking for uh, people to come on that uh, talk about solutions. And I'll be interviewing many people and having uh, a lot of uh, interviews that I'll be conducting with other guests. And uh, we'll have some you know, people call in and ask guest questions. Uh, I want solution-oriented approaches. That's really what I want to cover. People who already obviously know the problem but are really talking about how to make a dent in the problem so that we can move toward a solution in consciousness. Okay, so this section, of course, has been the non-supportive dominators, which we have been covering for the last several weeks, and we have a, a couple more weeks at least uh, to cover on this topic. And then we'll finally be reopening the phone lines, as I said. Last week on the show, we covered the concept of selflessness and how it differs from selflessness, which is um, the concept of really being unselfish and altruistic, motivated by our desire to improve and evolve our higher self. That's true selflessness. We talked about selflessness, this concept of the abandonment of the true self, the condition of having lost the connection to the higher self, okay? And in this state, the person is only motivated by lower instincts, by base consciousness. They're only motivated in, toward selfishness. They're driven by self-preservation only, so the preservation of the lower self, the body, okay? The ego and the body. But they're not motivated toward anything higher, not toward truth, toward just, justice, toward freedom, only what they can get out of the situation. This was called selflessness as we described it last week. And I'll continue to be talking about that a little bit before we jump into our techniques of cults that are used against willing followers. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I was briefly reviewing the concept of selflessness, the loss of the true self, becoming selfless. Before the break, and image number five shows that um, very clear distinction between the concept that I was talking about last week of selflessness and what we traditionally think of as selflessness, and in fact, they are really polar opposites. They are antitheses of each other. So image number six, I kind of wrapped up with you know, explaining last week that we really have to develop a true sense of uniqueness and individuality and treasure that and not want to be part of a group, groupthink mentality. Can you uh, work with other people? Absolutely. But to identify with that group is something altogether different. That means you're taking your identity from it and you're not a unique individual anymore. You've been de dissolved into the group. And a group really doesn't truly have a conscience. Only people, only individuals, individual people have a conscience. Once you're involved in a group, the group has its own direction that it wants to go. That's all about preservation of the whole 
preservation of the, the group and its directives, its agenda. Now, um, that isn't to say that there's no such thing as a group of people that can accomplish good aims. That, that is certainly the case. That is possible. But it, that only happens when the people in the group continue to see themselves as unique individuals working toward a specific goal that they know to be correct, they know to be right, and they're not identifying with the group and its preservation. And unfortunately, this is what all of our institutions in the world today are all about. They're all about self-preservation, which is a low modality of consciousness. You know, just survival only is, is base brain modality of consciousness. That's the R complex mode of behavior. And it doesn't take into consideration any higher minded ideals or philosophy. So the warning I gave at the end of the last show was we have to strive not to be a copy. If you, you're, that's your motivation to be like everyone else, to fit in, to be a copy, to be a clone. Okay, You're going to fall into the scenario where you're ultimately doing the bidding of evil and often without even realizing it. <clears throat> and that's why I put these images here in slide number six of police and military being remarkably like the clones called the stormtroopers in the allegory of Star Wars. And this is meant to be disturbing or shocking or even insulting because people need to be snapped out of the trance. I mean, when you look at an image like the lower left there of Marines standing there in formation, you should not be getting a warm, fuzzy feeling and looking at that with admiration and respect. There's nothing to be res respected in being a herd conformist. There's nothing to be respect respected in giving up your in individuality as a unique human being. That, that actually is to be loathed. It's something that we should be trying to avoid at all costs. Because again, it leads us, no matter how good our intentions are, down the path of following whatever the group wants of us. And we can't be group think followers. Herd mentality is the problem here. That's why we're in such a mess as a people. Because none of us are actually truly listening to our conscience and acting in accordance with it. We're going along with the group and following its dictates, following its agenda, what it wants of us. And, and we're basing our behavior, we're basing our decisions and our actions on what we, what we think the group expects of us. And it can't be like that if we're ever really going to prosper if we're ever going to move into a, a way of being where we thrive and we're not creating unimaginable self-inflicted suffering for ourselves. And ultimately, by this groupthink, by this herd mentality and behavior, that's exactly what we're doing is creating a self-inflicted wound. We're doing it to ourselves. We're putting ourselves in chains. It's not something really that's being done to us. Is there Are there groups you know, covert groups and dark occultists working toward an agenda of enslavement, you better believe it. But the whole point is that they are an expression of our willingness to obey, of our herd mentality and wanting to fit in, wanting to go along with the group. They're bringing us all into that herd, into that big farm. 
and uh, getting ready to lead us to the slaughterhouse if we don't turn this around real quick. So today we're going to be looking at, again, just knowing that people are like that isn't good enough. We, in this section, we've been trying to understand why they are like that. Because without the why, there's no power. There's no deep understanding. And you're never going to be able to reverse that situation without knowing why. And the problem is not enough people know why people are in that state of mind. They don't have enough information about human psychology. And certainly they don't have enough information about the techniques that are employed against them by people wielding techniques of cults, of herd conformist mentality. That's really what a cult is. It's a herd conformist group that is acting on behalf only of the group and has abandoned their own personal responsibility, their own responsibility to truth, their own responsibility to what is right. And they'll go along with whatever the group wants of them, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's in accordance with natural law or in flagrant violation of natural law. So I subtitled this or gave it an alternative title. uh, If you're looking at slide number seven now, It's called the techniques of cults, this section, or alternatively, how to brainwash willing followers who want to give away personal responsibility for their own actions. That's what all cult members are. That's what all people who join a dominator group are. And I'll read that again. Cult members, okay, people who join a cult okay, are willing followers who want to give away personal responsibility for their own actions. That's what a cult member is. Okay, and this is everything I'm warning against, everything I'm trying to explain to you for as as long as you continue to exist in that modality of consciousness that you believe that you can give away personal responsibility to do what is right to someone else. You're, you're walking willingly over a, a cliff into an abyss. That's what you're doing. Whether you know it or not, whether it's that it's at a conscious level or not, you are literally going over the edge of a cliff. So there, the part of it is that this whole desire to do this is an illusion. It can never be done. It's not possible. It's someone who thinks that they can do something that isn't possible, like live outside of the boundaries of natural law and somehow prosper and not suffer. That isn't possible. You can believe it's possible all you want, and it will never make it so. The same goes with the abandonment of personal responsibility. You can only believe and imagine that you can do this. It's one of the uh, really negative uses of the imagination. Okay, we have this powerful imagination and it's there to make us capable of doing great things. But can it be abused? Yes, it can be abused. People imagine that they can do things that they cannot really do, that isn't possible. They can engage in illusion through the abuse of imagination. There is no such thing as giving away your personal responsibility. You're always responsible, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, or whether you want to accept it or not. We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening.
Okay, everyone, we're back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We're talking about the techniques of cults today on the show, or in other words, how to brainwash willing followers who want to give away their personal responsibility for their own actions. Something that can never really be done, giving away your personal responsibility, but something that absolutely can be done is how to brainwash someone who thinks they can give away their personal responsibility. See, people will ask, well, you said you're going to talk about solutions, so why are you talking about the techniques of cults? You know, wouldn't this go hand in hand with the problem? Yes, that's true, but understanding these techniques and moreover understanding the mindset of the person who allows themselves to fall for these techniques shows you why we're doing what we're doing. And that's part of the solution is to understand the psychological factors at work in people who join groupthink institutions, in people who continue to obey orders without actually listening to their conscience. We need to know why they want to do this if we're ever going to help them to come out of this brainwashed condition. It all comes down ultimately to self-respect. At some level, people like this don't like who they are, don't like themselves. And in many ways, they shouldn't like who they are. But they don't have yet the developed willpower to want to make a change. They haven't developed enough love for themselves, for the, high, the connection to the higher self. I don't, I'm not talking about love for the physical body or the, the ego self or the little identified role that we happen to play. I'm talking about love of self, higher case S, the true self, the real essence of one's being, okay, which isn't just the sum of your thoughts, emotions, and actions. It's a higher connection to oneness, to, to the divine, if you will, that is a spark that exists within all of us. And the person who is in this condition doesn't, has not made that, a connection to that divine essence within them. Uh, they may maybe even bought into the idea that it doesn't exist or it's not there. In other words, that they don't even have a soul. And there's this self-loathing component within them that makes them want to then turn that self-loathing outward and take it out on someone else. We need to understand the psychological factors at work within someone's mind if we're ever going to help them come out of that condition. If we're going to be assistance to the process of change, we need to know why they're already there. Without that why in hand, you come to the situation powerless. So let's look at techniques that are used against people who are in this low state of self-esteem and why they're so easy to reel in, why they're such, you know, joiners. They, they run when, when there's herd mentality present to go and join it, okay, instead of actually really thinking for oneself and really uh, acting in accord with one's own conscience. So the four main overarching techniques of cults, are there more than this? Absolutely. These are the four big ones, okay, that form the umbrella under which a lot of the other techniques are a subsection, a subset of techniques, okay? But these are the four overarching techniques that every cult 
every herd mentality group uses against their joiners or followers. And these four techniques are isolation. That's number one, isolation. Number two, conformity. Number three, indoctrination through repetition. And repetition is key here. This is a key element. And we're going to get into all of these separately and break them down one by one over the course of the show. And number four is trauma, traumatization of the follower. So isolation, conformity, indoctrination through repetition, and trauma are the four overarching or umbrella techniques, if you will, of cult initiation. And, and, I, and no, I'm not saying the word occult. This isn't occult initiation. This is cult member initiation. Okay? In other words, how to make a robot, a human robot, a biological android, someone that will follow orders unquestioningly, give themselves up, give up the true self, give themselves up even bodily. Hell, not even just give up the true self, give up the lower self too. Give up both selves, okay? The higher the connection to the higher self is abandoned already and they're giving up the body as well. You know, and, and any of the actions and behaviors that can be taken with the body to the, the, the group or the master. See, th- this, is what I'm, this is what this entire show is all about. I'm not looking for followers. I don't want you to follow me. I don't care whether anybody, quote, believes what I'm saying, because belief has nothing to do with any of this. And I'm not asking anybody to believe in, in what, what I say here. I said that on show number one. The worst thing that you could do is just absolutely believe what I'm saying without actually discovering these things for yourself through seeking the truth. I want people to become seekers of truth themselves, not followers of anything. Okay? If you want to follow anything, follow where the truth leads you. That's what you need to follow. Accept that which is, not what you want to believe is there. And certainly, I'm not looking to be anybody's guru or master. It's difficult enough to master oneself without trying to hold other people up, okay? Now, that also doesn't mean I'm not saying once you understand what's really going on, you have no responsibility to help others to get to that level of understanding. You do. That is our personal responsibility. That's what part of our responsibility is, and I'll be talking about that on a future show. But... You know, what I'm talking about is wanting to directly control somebody, control their actions. That comes from a deep um, state of the lack of self-respect and self-esteem for oneself, even having that desire at all, wanting to control somebody else's behavior. I'm not interested in controlling your behavior. Am I trying to influence people toward looking at the truth and looking at what's really there? Yes, I'm trying to be an inspiration to do that. But I have no desire to want to form a group and have that group follow me. Believe me, you would not be following anybody who uh, is unique or special in any capacity. Except maybe that I have a, a, a drive to, to seek the truth a little bit more than most other people do. 
That's about it. And that sh I shouldn't be special in that regard, and nor do I want to be. I think other people should develop that capacity, and I should be no one special even in that capacity. So this has absolutely nothing to do with me saying, you need to believe me. I don't want you to believe anything. I want you to know that which is. That's it. The whole reason we're in this mess is because of belief. People believing in things they can't real, don't really have any empirical evidence to support. So the first, let's look at these four techniques and break them down individually. The first technique is isolation, and this is, they're all really equally important. This is key because if you don't do this, it's very difficult to continue the other techniques without anyone disrupting them or, or breaking it up or saying, hey, why are you letting this happen? Why are, why are you doing this and to the person who's doing it, and why are you letting this happen to the person it's being done to? Most people would, would recognize this for what it is if it was really out in the open. But because it's done in secrecy and private for the most part, it's done in an isolated section of the world, it removed from the rest of the community. See, that, that's the key point, is that you have to be not allowed to be in constant contact with anyone who's outside of this group. That's why all cults isolate their members in some respect or another, whether it be you know a religious cult that makes people go and live with them, Okay, in some kind of a commune or something like that, or whether it be military boot camp in which you're removed from the general population, the civilian population, or a police academy, which I believe is what this image is a depiction of on slide number eight. So physical separation from the rest of the community is absolutely essential. Otherwise, people will be questioning what's going on. They'll be able to compare notes, you know, those outside of this little separatist group you have to create an us versus them mentality this is also key this is also essential to create the imagination or the perception of a separation between self and others breaks coming up we'll, t we'll stop it right there and we'll pick this up the breakdown of cult technique number one isolation on the other side you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're talking about the techniques of cult member initiation on the show today. We, we're looking at the first out of four overarching techniques, the technique of isolation from the rest of the community. This also involves the creation of an us versus them mentality. You have to demonize people who are outsiders. You have to demonize those who don't belong. You always need an enemy. A cult needs an enemy to point their finger at and say, see, they're the entire problem. See, it sounds so similar to saying that followers are the problem. 
But there's a difference. When a cult does it, they're pointing at people who really aren't the problem of humanity's woes. The entire problem is the entire dynamic of wanting to be a follower. Unfortunately, that does exist. And so to say, yes, that is the problem, is not like trying to indoctrinate somebody into a technique of a cult. It happens to be true. What they're doing is saying this person's the entire problem, and that isn't the case. They just want somebody to believe that, to get them to follow their will and get them to do what they want them to do. You know, Hitler had the communists. You know, we have the Arab, Arab fundamentalists. Everybody always has somebody that they're going to try to demonize. And it's all, almost always even a contrived situation because the communists didn't burn the Reichstag down. Hitler's own secret police did. Arab fundamentalists did not do 9-11. Rogue elements within the United States government and occult forces did. So it's always an, an, an invented enemy as well. But they need an enemy there to create that dichotomy, that opposition, the oppositional consciousness of us versus them. This always gets people to look outward, never inward. See, I'm always asking people, you need to look, turn your gaze inward. Are you part of the dynamic that's creating the problem? And if you see any part of your, your self that is part of that dynamic, you need to withdraw from it, saying no. That's what the process of apophysis is all about. Look, taking a good hard look at the self. Stop pointing the finger outward. We need, we need to point the finger inward upon ourselves as individuals and then help other people to do that same process. That's what development of respect is about, taking another look at oneself. And there's too little of that, and there's too much external finger pointing. I coined a, a term on the Down the Rabbit Hole show on Friday night with Popeye. I coined the term the my freedom movement. So we don't have a real freedom movement of people who really want to affect a true lasting positive change, a true solution. We don't really have that yet in mass numbers. We have what I call the my freedom movement because it's people who are interested in themselves being free. But when it comes to the freedom of all and it comes to uh, being told that, hey, you're a part of this dynamic that's destroying human freedom in certain things you're doing. They don't want to hear that. Then I'm the bad guy for bringing that message. Then I get demonized for pointing something out that's in contradiction with natural law. See, everybody will listen to somebody up to a point where then you start telling them, hey, there's something you're doing here that is problematic that is contributing to the problem. And then I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear a word forward from that because you've touched a nerve, you know? So from now on, I don't call it the freedom movement, whatever we call this thing, this alternative research community that we have. I call it the my freedom movement. 
because it's largely a group of people who have recognized that their freedom, their personal freedom is being accosted. But when it comes to the freedom of all, it's, you know, of very little consequence or significance to them. You know, my wallet's being affected. You know, my personal liberties are being affected. But, hey, if it's being done in that country or this place or over here and I, I don't see it and it doesn't really affect me, then uh, what, so what? The my freedom movement. But to go back to these techniques, isolation is probably one of the most important because without that, again, these, all of these techniques would, be, would come into question. They would be called on these techniques in doing them, again, on both sides. Both, uh, you know, halves of this groupthink dynamic the, the master and the person who's being conditioned into the, their form of slavery would be questioned by outsiders. You know, the master, you know, would be, you know, it would be put to him, why are you doing this? You know, do you think you have a right to do this to another human being? And the follower would be questioned. Something would be said to him like, why are you allowing this to be done? Can't you see what this person's trying to do? But in an isolated setting, you know, no objections ever get raised. And it just can continue on unabated, the, the indoctrination techniques, you know. So let's move on to cult technique number two. Cult technique number two is found on slide number nine, and it is the dynamic of conformity. Bringing people into a semblance of sameness, which can be very difficult to do because people are all individuals and they're all unique in one form or another. You're never going to find two people that are, are exactly alike. It doesn't exist. We're all unique beings. We are all unique creations. And we should treasure that uniqueness and not try to squander it and give it away. See, and th here's another. I just want to, you know, interject with this. Whenever the words, I talked about this on another show, the dynamic of you should. This is something that people insist, insist should never be said to another person because it's the immediate engagement of the ego. And I say that that's utter bunk because this is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. No one is ever saying you should not do this. You should not be acting like this. They don't want to step on somebody else's sensibility and wound their ego because then they just say, oh, that, that's turning them off. The problem is that you're too accepting of their bad behavior and nobody's calling anybody else on their bullshit, to be quite frank. That's the problem. Nobody's willing to step up and say, you should not do this. This is wrong. This is against natural law. You don't have a right. Why do you even imagine that you have the right? That's the problem. There's no, no one stepping up and calling people on that. By saying you shouldn't do this. Okay? I, and it's more about saying what you shouldn't do. Again, it's, it's apophatic in nature. The negative. The wrong things that people are doing, they should be called on them. So, this whole thing of, you know, you should never say to anybody that you should or shouldn't do this or that is, is, is new age garbage. Okay, it's walking on eggshells around evil. And nobody should walk on eggshells around evil. They should look evil in the face and call it what it is. 
So this technique of conformity works in a number of different ways. The first is you set all the ground rules in the environment so that people, you know, if they act outside of those ground rules, they are, they are completely ostracized and isolated and punished, given either physical punishments or, you know, um, again, ridiculed in, in the group dynamic. So no individuality can be tolerated in groupthink, in herd mentality. All right? The old identity is to be broken down completely. This is why they're there. This is why they're in that state of isolated um, separation from the rest of the community. It's to break down the uniqueness of the individual, to get, get rid of the, the true self, any connection to it whatsoever. So one's old identity has to be completely shed so that this programming can be accepted. The cult programming can be accepted. This is how all cults operate. And you're looking in that example of two of the biggest cults in the world, and that's what they need to be seen as, what they are. The military and the police are cults. Make no mistake about it. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. We're talking about the techniques of cults today on the show. They're used to indoctrinate their followers, their cult members who want to give away their personal responsibility, bring them into a, a conformist or herd mentality mind state, so that they will, will abandon their conscience and do whatever the cult leader or the uh, group demands of them, whether it is right or wrong, whether it is in harmony with natural law or in complete opposition to natural law. So we're looking at cult technique number two, conformity, how no individuality may be tolerated by the group and the old identity that the person uh, you know, brought in when they first uh, joined the group, has to be completely shed. It has to be broken down so that a new molded personality can be built up that can only act in accordance with the group's agenda. That's why there has to be total conformity and the stamping out of any uniqueness among the members. And some of the Methods that are used to accomplish this are uniforms, the shaving of heads, as we see in the military. Uniforms make everyone look the same externally, even though they have unique features, uh, can have unique body shapes. It gives the impression upon immediately looking at the individual that they're all completely the same. Uh, symbolism put in the same places on the body is another technique used to do this. It creates sameness and appearance. That's really all this is about. That, that's the reason for uniforms. One form. Bringing the group into one form. Not separate forms. Not separate individuals. 
but getting them to act as one mind, one controlled mind. So that's what uniforms and the shaving of heads and the, the symbolism put on the body, etc. That's all there to create that illusion, really, of the sameness in appearance. There is also techniques used to employ sameness in speech and behavior. This is the idea of you have to answer a question in a particular way. You have to answer it, you know, with a certain level of volume. You have to stand a certain way when you say it. You have to start and end with sir, sir, yes, sir, sir, no, sir. You know, all of these are techniques to, to induce conformity in the herd. And again, get them to completely look at whoever the instructor, sergeant, or, you know, uh, the drill instructor, perhaps, or, you know, whoever their master happens to be at any given time, that's the authority. And you follow, you get in line. The chain of obedience is what this is about. Forget the chain of command. It's the chain of obedience that we're talking about here. So sameness in speech and behavior has to be emphasized as a value. This is what you have to aspire to, you know? And again, this is all done to get the person to eventually abandon their conscience. That's why this is all being done. You got to abandon, they've already abandoned personal responsibility by even coming to the group, you know, and asking the group to handle their problems for them, to give them, you know, uh, you know, the uh, conditions of security and the conditions of, uh, uh, predictability, etc. That's another reason people join groups and cults like this. You know, they don't want any surprises in their life. They want they want that sameness. It's all based on fear, ladies and gentlemen. All based on fear of a person who really doesn't want to take a look at themselves and deal with the world as it really is. We'll be right back after these words. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. We're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Today on the show, we're talking about the techniques of cult indoctrination. How would-be gods turn their followers' brains into mush? Because the follower is so intent on giving up their personal responsibility, something that's not even possible, trying to do the impossible, thinking that they're going to get away with it, thinking they're going to be successful in doing it, and so that they can claim, wasn't my fault, I was only following the orders of the master. Doesn't work that way, ladies and gentlemen, it never has and it never will. So we were looking at technique number two, which is conformity. No individuality tolerated. The old identity must be completely stamped out. Use uniforms and other techniques to create complete sameness in appearance. And then 
re-emphasize sameness in speech and behavior. Get people thinking inside the box, acting inside the box, hell, even looking like they're inside a box because they are. Let's move on to cult technique number three, indoctrination through repetition. Repetition is one of the most critical techniques of all cult brainwashing. You have to do things and say things over and over and over and over and over again. People will say, hey, you do a lot of repeating. That's right, I do. Because one of the methods of deprogramming the brainwashed mind is also repetition. People need to hear things many times over for it to sink in. And they need to hear things for it many times over to get something out of their mind that doesn't belong there. That is doing damage. That is insulting to the soul. That is destroying the individual's unique individuality, their uniqueness, okay? And that is really destroying their conscience, their connection to the higher self. And their ability to act in accordance with conscience, with right and wrong principles. So, how do people indoctrinate others? We talked about this a lot when we talked about the section on indoctrination. And you will take note, if you're listening to this presentation, whether live or in the podcast, this is podcast 112, by the way, um, that all of these techniques are also used in schools and corporate institutions. The techniques are the same no matter what kind of hierarchical structure we're, we're talking about, no matter what kind of hierarchically structured institution, no matter what kind of uh, compartmentalized institution we're talking about, these techniques universally apply. So by all means, these are the techniques that are used in schooling. And notice I'm not saying real education. They're the techniques, techniques used in modern schooling or indoctrination. So we talked a lot about what indoctrination was, but we want to talk about how does this work through repetition? Because that's the main methodology that indoctrination is used in in the military and the police. Here you see images of uh, military cadets in training on the left there, um, is sitting in a class at rapt attention. And there on the right you see um, an image of a drill instructor at a police academy uh, marching his his unit in step and chanting. So let's look at the word indoctrination first to get a better understanding of what this really is about. Indoctrination means speaking into through three ways. That's what indoctrination is. Or just simply, just simply speaking into three ways. That's what the word indoctrination actually breaks down to in its etymology. Three methods of speaking into. So indoctrination isn't real education. If you look up the etymology of the word education, it comes from educo in Latin, which means to lead out. Educare in Latin means to lead out of. And what education is doing is to lead someone out of ignorance, out of darkness. That's what real education does. That's not what indoctrination does. That's speaking something into someone. 
That's putting a program there that ultimately doesn't belong there if they're going to be led out of darkness. See, real education could also mean to draw out that which is within. Then this goes to, you know, back to a, a great concept that was spoken by uh, uh, words in the Gnostic gospel attributed to Christ that if we bring forth that which is within us, that which we bring forth will save us, will be our salvation. In other words, if we bring forth the inner self, we'll, we will save ourselves. But if we do not bring forth that which is within us, that which we do not bring forth will destroy us. This is all about self-respect. This is all about making the connection to the higher self. If we do that, we're going to be okay. If we don't do that, we're going to be doomed. We don't deal with our inner self, with our psychic garbage. We don't look at the shadow self, at the demon sides of the self. That's going to come back and bite us. We have to deal with our own darkness and negativity. It can't just be brushed off repeatedly and not dealt with, not looked at, which is what a lot of the New Age movement wants. Never look at the negative. Oh, that, that'll, you'll draw more of it to you. No. The whole problem is, is most people aren't dealing with the negative that exists within them and trying to transmute it into something more positive to work with the shadow material and eventually integrate it so that it's not ruling you could even have it be there and l l continuously making a free will decision to conquer it, to better it, to be better than that shadow self, to be better than that lower case S self. I mean, if you think I don't have a lower self or lower instincts, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. I make a continual renewal within myself to be better than those lower instincts every day of my life so that I'm not, I recognize that they're there, I'm not ignoring them, I know those instincts are present, but I don't let them rule me. That's what, what we have to do, that's what, why we have to um, work with that shadow material. And anybody telling you that that's not important work to do and you shouldn't be doing it are, is lying to you and trying to deceive you. And that's a big part of why the New Age movement is out there. Now, I mention that because that's another, I keep mentioning the New Age movement because this is another cult that is out there that is trying to keep people back from a lot of the real solutions to get us out of this. Because a lot of these New Age uh, movement uh, techniques are put out there by the dark occult. And we have to understand that. Repetition gets us into the reptile brain. You're speaking into somebody through, in three ways to control their thoughts, their emotions, and their actions. That's where the three comes from. And the best way of accomplishing that is to put them in the R-complex of the brain, the base mind. We'll look at how this, done, this is done on the other side. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Free or Die Radio with Lee Rogers, the most dangerous talk show in America. Weekdays at 9 p.m. Central on Oracle Broadcasting. Welcome back, everyone. 
I'm your host, Mark Passio. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. We're talking about the techniques of cults today on the show. We're at overarching cult technique number three out of four, the indoctrination through repetition. This works through, again, indoctrination is speaking into through three ways or speaking into to change three things. That's the best way that you could put the definition of indoctrination if you look at it from its etymological perspective. And the things you're trying to um, uh, change or the things you're trying to um, control is thought, emotion, and action. And you do this by speaking into, not trying to lead someone out of, not trying to draw someone out, something out that is within the being, okay, that the draw out the essence of the true self, okay, and, and allow the person to work with that higher essence, you want to completely stamp that out and just program them through words, okay, so this is programming through words in three ways, all right, through thoughts, emotions, and actions, telling people things that aren't true so that they believe them in their mind, okay, and then working through um, the uh, technique we're going to talk about, which is uh, physical exhaustion in many cases, traumatization through physical exhaustion. Uh, also, because keeping some somebody in the same place, seated in a certain position, or walking and telling them something while they're walking, you're working with the mind and the body. And these people become emotionally traumatized as a result of all of this as well. And emotional abuse goes along with this technique as well. And again, this can be found in school settings today. In the way that we continuously try to put our children through a form of education that really isn't beneficial to the human brain. So, some of the ways that repetition is used in military boot camp and in police academy training is through rigorous schedules and instruction. You have to have people going through the same thing over and over again on a daily basis. Again, regimented behavior is stressed. Things being the same. All right? Conformity. Always doing it the same way. Never diverging. No uniqueness. So rigorous schedules are part of it. Repetitive behaviors. Obstacle courses. You know, a, a very demanding, physically demanding things. Obstacle courses, drills, formation, marching in step, all while being told things. Speaking into. Okay? Words being used while these repetitive behaviors are going on. Push-ups. I should have put push-ups on there. Talk about repetitive behaviors. You know, that's another thing. Calisthenics, you know, all different exercises. I guess that goes hand in hand with obstacle courses and drills as well. Getting people to form specific formations with their body so that you are you are looking at yourself as just a member of this group. You know, and that's part of the reason that it reinforces this person's abandonment of personal responsibility. That's what they want. They want to just get lost in the herd, lost in the group so that they're no one unique. See, it's all about giving up your uniqueness because they're trying to give away their responsibility. 
And they think, oh, if I'm just looked at as a member of this one unit, this group that acts as, as one, then it's not me who's doing it. You know, I can't be blamed. I was just one in that whole bit. Look at that big, huge formation of people. I was just this one tiny, tiny little insignificant being in there. I can't be held responsible. This is where people's mindset is at, ladies and gentlemen. They actually believe their own BS. That they can somehow give away the, their own responsibility for their actions. And it can't be done. You're always responsible for your own actions. Doesn't matter what group you belong to. Doesn't matter who told you to do it. Doesn't matter why you did it. Does not matter why you did it. If you did it, you're responsible for it. The end. That's the truth, and the truth is extreme. And no one wants to hear that because that forces you to point the finger at yourself, not at anyone outside yourself. And that's why we don't have a freedom movement. That's why we have a my freedom movement. And that's why that my freedom movement is unlikely to make any damage in the huge agenda for global human slavery. It's unlikely to do it. I'm not saying that to discourage people or to make you feel bad. I'm saying until it stops being the my freedom movement and still people start pointing the finger within and say, how am I part of this entire enslavement vehicle? How am I giving my energy to it? Don't look for any change. Don't look for any lasting, positive, beneficial change that leads to more, an increase in freedom and a decrease in slavery because you're not going to see it as long as the finger is pointed outward. So another method of this, re these repetition techniques is literal, the repeating of phrases, chants, or songs. And you see this in the military and in police academies. When we march in step, we're going to, you know, keep chanting left, right, left, right, left, right, you know, or we're going to sing some ridiculous song yeah, over and over and over again during the march, nonstop repetition. It puts you into the R complex of the brain doing the same thing over and over. Not only are you doing the same thing over and over again with your, with your body, with your extremities, you know, you're doing it with your mouth, with your voice. And this is all going into the ears and going into the subconscious. And it works there. It nests there. It's all about getting you in the box. And believe me, people are there. They're in that box. They're in the cage. It's about getting you into the cage. So you can't even ever think of getting outside that cage. Now, hand in hand with these repetitive methods, uh, I broke cult technique number four down into part A and B because trauma has really two components to it, physical trauma and psychological trauma or what I called mental slash emotional trauma, okay? Mental and emotional trauma and then physical trauma, all right? So let's look at 4A, which is physical trauma. And this is one of the clearest examples of boot camp mentality is you got to put the people through the paces, you got to put them through that hard physical training. High levels of physical activity to such an extent that it takes the recruits, the followers to the point of exhaustion, of physical collapse sometimes. And you do that on a daily basis over and over again. So there on the left you see a drill instructor, you know, mocking a person who's reached the point of complete exhaustion. 
and the other troops joining in on it. Join in on the mockery of this person who's physically collapsed. Low sleep time and disrupted sleep, because this is key. If you don't get enough sleep, your mind becomes so deteriorated. You can become really insane without the proper sleep. You're not entering rapid eye movement sleep, REM mode of sleep. People make horrible decisions without getting enough sleep. People will, will listen to and follow people that they shouldn't be following, that don't have their best interests in mind when sleep is disrupted or chaotic or you're just not getting enough. So this is another technique that is used against these followers. And one of the biggest is food, the poison that is in food, feeding these recruits a high carbohydrate and low nutrient density diet. There you see it with the, you know, the noodles, all with white bleached flour. And one of the biggest staples in the military diet, pasta. You'll see this over and over again in any cult. High carb, low nutrient density. Critical. We'll be right back after these words, folks. Stay with us. eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with the sunglasses, he's seeing the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbolically you couldn't see. Obey, no independent thought, no think of yourself. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We're talking about the techniques of cult indoctrination here today on the show. We were talking about Technique 4A, which is on slide number 11, if you're following along on the radio show page of what on earth is happening with the slides that are listed there or with the podcast, which is podcast number 112. Physical trauma is the first traumatic induction technique here. The traumatization of the followers through high levels of physical activity to the point of exhaustion or even collapse Low sleep times and uh, disrupted sleep. Sometimes, you know, uh, cadets will be woken up unceremoniously from sleep in the middle of the night and put through, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, crazy exercise or, you know, asked to react as if they're under attack or something or just made to do some repetitive behavior that involves movement and chanting. Or for inspection, you know. This is a well-known technique and it's done to disrupt REM sleep. Because you know that you're creating suggestibility in the mind when the proper amount of REM sleep has not been attained. Has not been obtained. That will lower someone's defenses. That will open them up to suggestion. It will make them not make accurate decisions, and so they will rely on the suggestions of others more readily. And then, of course, the diet, high carbohydrate, low nutrient density. Again, the brain is not getting what it needs, and in many cases, it is being disrupted because of an overabundance of carbs. Potatoes are another huge, huge aspect of military food and boot camp food. 
and we talked about pasta, you see that example in the image. High carb, high flour, breads, pastas, um, potatoes, etc. will be the bulk of the diet and then they'll have some meat and maybe some beans and proteins and things like that, but that's it. Plant diet is highly de-emphasized in this uh, regimented and controlled form of traumatizing the body. That's what this is all about. It's about throwing the body into a state where, okay, it'll have enough energy to do what it needs to do in the short term, but ultimately, high-level thinking isn't really going to be possible in any of these states. You're not going to be thinking at a high level when you're completely exhausted, when your sleep is disrupted, or when you've been eating a crap diet that's really poisonous to the body and mind. So this all forms, these all form parts of the technique 4A, which is physical traumatization. Mental and emotional traumatization is technique number 4B, which is in slide number 12. This is comprised of verbal and psychological abuse, yelling at the follower cadet, abusing them with words, just completely uh, degrading them verbally, telling them they're a piece of trash, telling them that they're worthless, okay? And this is all to break down the old sense of self, get them to completely and totally look at their instructors, their masters, as the only person who they receive any kind of uh, direction from. They tell me what's good. They tell me what's bad. Because who am I? I'm, I'm nothing. I'm no one. I can't, I can't understand those things on my own. I'm a piece of trash. Okay? And that's continuously reinforced. I'm worthless. I'm, I'm not unique. I'm a piece of trash. This is what's being told to these people constantly. Eventually, you somebody tells you something enough constantly, if you're already at a low sense of self-esteem and wanted to give away your responsibility to begin with, you believe it quite readily, all of those things. See, the problem is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because then you're willing to go in, listen to these people who don't care about you, who don't who only have their agenda to serve and the group's agenda to serve, and you will go and do things that only a piece of trash would do. That's the problem. Once you've come this far, it's really easy to just let yourself go all the way and then do things that are completely immoral at, at the the beck and call of uh, the beck and call of the uh, master. Okay, so the 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 problem here, when you're already in this low state of self-esteem and someone's coming in and telling you that you're worthless, you're very highly susceptible to, to believe that and then to act like that because you didn't go in with self-respect. And the, the respect that they talk about in the military is all illusory respect. It isn't real, true self-respect. It's all based on violence it's all based on power in the physical sense, not real power. Power with a lowercase p. I'm not talking about real true power that comes from alignment with truth and natural law. That's power with higher with a, a higher a capital P. All of their techniques are all based on illusory power, the desire to control somebody else, 
low self-esteem, no real respect, no real true self-respect. And this is all fear-based. Every part of it is based on, ultimately, if you go low enough down into the motivating factor, it's because someone is afraid and therefore they want to control the actions of someone else because they're afraid. And that, my friends, is the psychology of a child. That's not a true adult. That's not a true human being. That is an infant who knows zero about anything when, the, when you're in that mode of consciousness. There's no real power there. There's no real self-esteem. There's no real self-respect. And the problem is people think that that's what this is all about, the military and the police, power, respect. It, it, it should command none of those things to a person who's really thinking clearly and understands the real dynamic that's going on. It's the exact opposite of all of those things. It's low self-esteem. It's fear. It's infantile. It's not something that is adult, you know, that's by a, a person who's truly mentally, psychologically, spiritually, and emotionally aware and has reached a, a level of maturity in those capacities. It has nothing to do with that. It's all based in fear and the desire to control in, an, in a completely illusory sense. So those are the basic techniques of, of cults. Uh, well, let, let's just uh, wrap up with the uh, mental emotional trauma. Again, um, verbal and psychological abuse, the unexpected, and, uh, unexpected, sudden, and shocking scenarios being presented. Okay, again, we look at the example of troops are woken up in the middle of the night, you're under attack, you know, fall in formation, you know, you know. And meanwhile, sleep has been disrupted. They're in a suggestible state just coming right out of sleep. That's why it's done upon coming out of sleep. That's when people will follow orders the best because their, their conscious mind isn't even activated fully yet. They're still in that, in that somnabulastic uh, state okay, between waking and sleep. It's, it's like a sleepwalking state at that point. And that's when the biggest suggestions for control come in at that point. These are, make no mistake, the people who practice these techniques well know how they work. They, they have known for thousands of years how these techniques work. The problem is, is that the willing idiot who, joint, who is the joiner and the follower has no clue how these techniques are being used against them. They're no-nothing idiots. And if you look at the etymology of idiot, it means one who knows not the self. That's what the word idiot means. And that's exactly what an idiot is, someone who doesn't know themselves. That's why they would go and even join something like this. You're being used, used, hardcore used up. And when they're done using you up, they're going to... throw you out like a piece of trash that they think you are because that's exactly what they think of you as and i'm not i'm not asking you to believe me i'm telling you i know that's what they think of you as because i've been around the people who practice these techniques and whose ancestors developed these techniques whose bloodline ancestors developed these very techniques and what they think of people who fall into this trap is lower than dirt, lower than slime. The bottom line to keep in mind is if you're going to control someone's mind and ultimately through controlling their mind, you're going to control their behavior, 
You need to keep them in a perpetual atmosphere of fear. In a perpetual state of fear-based consciousness. Otherwise, that level of control over the mind is not possible. Think about that while we take another break. We'll be back for the last segment. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. This is the last segment for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I just wrapped up with the techniques of cults that are used to indoctrinate and ultimately to control the minds and behaviors of followers who actually believe that they can give up their personal responsibility, something that I've reemphasized over and over and over again is impossible. You are always responsible for your own actions regardless of what you claim. That happens to be an immutable truth. And I wanted to talk about when I say that people who do this are idiots, they're morons, they're not really smart, they're not intelligent at all, at all. People will say, well, you're just trying to insult someone. No, that isn't what I'm doing. What I'm doing is stating the fact of the matter. Someone who falls for this and even does it, if we want to even talk about it, it's all of them. It's not even just the people who fall for them. It's the people who are doing this to these people who are taking them into this scam, this scheme to control their mind. None of them are intelligent because they're all ultimately either left-brained imbalanced or right-brained imbalanced. See, a right-brained imbalanced person is a person who doesn't really care about themselves, who allow someone else to dominate and control them. And in that state, they could be molded into an even, you know, into a left brain individual or further into the right brain as a, as a victim uh, identifier. Once you're in the state of being controlled, you can be controlled and the, the output will be determined by the person controlling you. Once somebody takes control over that which is being input into someone's mind, they have control over what the outcome is going to be. They have control over what that person is going to be like when they output them from that program. Okay, This is literally like a computer program. Garbage goes in, garbage goes out. Bad input leads to bad output. It's that simple. It really is that simple of an equation. So when I say that, that these people are stupid, that they're not intelligent, I mean it. Literally. They are not intelligent people. And this leads to the question, what is true intelligence? See, when we use the word intelligence in the modern world, it's often a complete misnomer, and we do not really understand what this word means. We think intelligence in the modern world is equated with intellect, with left-brained only intelligent, uh, intellect, not intelligence, okay? These are, this is not, intellect is not intelligence. Intellect is a component of intelligence. This is what needs to be understood. So w when people say, oh, you say that soldiers are dumb or cops are dumb, that they're not intelligent, okay? I know a lot of in intelligent police. I know a lot of intelligent military personnel. No, you don't. You may know police or military that are intellectual that have developed some capacity of intellect, but they're not intelligent. 
These are not the same and cannot be equated. Intellect is only one component of intelligence, okay? And it's the left brain half. It's the masculine component, the part that is analytical, logical, precise, repetitive, and organized. But it has absolutely nothing to do with true intelligence. I, mean, I shouldn't say it has nothing to do. It is a part of that, but it is not the totality of true intelligence. True intelligence is the intellect combined with the right-brained aspects of the individual, which is intuition, the feminine component of intelligence, which governs our creative self, our creative aspects, the imagination looking at things in general terms, holistic terms, intuitive capacities, conceptual thinking, the, seeing the big picture, which most certainly people in that left brain mindset put, run through the ringer of military and police training, which is what you do to an animal, train them through repetition. That's, they're not, they're, they don't have true intelligence. They don't have all of these creative capacities and big picture thinking high-level conceptual thinking because largely that's made possible by a connection to the right brain which they have abandoned so they're not really truly intelligent they may have intellect but that doesn't equate with true intelligence true intelligence is when you combine the masculine and feminine components or the left and right brain and the third eye is opened depicted by this symbol the blazing star not the star of David of Israel, but the blazing star of awakened intelligence, the truly awakened higher self. This used to be called the seal of Solomon, but an even older name for it is simply the blazing star because it is the combination of the male blade, which represents the intellect, and the feminine chalice, which, which represents the intuitive capacities and creative capacities and nurturing capacities. Both of them need to be combined and we shouldn't be imbalanced toward one side or the other. And both of these need to be united ultimately with care. Care is the real third principle. The heart has to come into play to develop true intelligence. That happens when the left and right brain are operating in balance, in true balance, in, with true intelligence. And look at the word, intelle, the first part of intelligence, intellect. Intelle intellect. It, it's the left part of the brain, and it's the left-hand side of the word when you read it in English. The right side is gens. Gen comes from genere in Latin, meaning to create. So intellect plus creativity is intelligence. It's right in the word, ladies and gentlemen, right in the word, and hardly anyone ever sees it. So we need to stop associating and identifying just intellect, which is just left brain modality, with true intelligence, because the two are not the same. And the real solutions to all of this is personal responsibility and self-respect. We cannot give away personal responsibility. In slide number 14, I'm showing you where the entire human species, the whole human race is going. Not some of us, all of us, because we're all tied together. We're all in the same situation together, whether we like it or not. And if we stop 
If we do not stop trying to give away, quote unquote, give away, because it can't really be done, our personal responsibility, this is what we're doing. We are lemmings walking over a cliff to our doom. That's simply the case. Personal responsibility is yours whether you like it or not. It's an inherent, immutable law of nature. By, by the fact that you are in the cosmos, you are responsible for your actions. By the fact that you are in the cosmos in the form that you are currently in, in a human form, means by definition that you are responsible for your actions. And you cannot give that responsibility to another. Slide number 15, saying no is the solution. And this is an image of a single individual refusing to give the Nazi salute as Adolf Hitler is passing during the Third Reich in Germany. A single individual standing out amongst the crowd who are all going along who says, no, I won't be part of that. I know that is not the right way. And therefore, he stands out as a unique individual who has reclaimed the part of his personal responsibility. In that moment, at least. That doesn't always follow that that will be that way for the rest of the being's life. But the whole point is, it's the beginning of making a decision that has to be reaffirmed to, to keep that responsibility and not try to give it away. That can only be done through self-respect, as I said last week, which comes from the Latin re meaning again and spectare meaning to look at. We need to take another look at ourselves if we're going to create any real change outside of ourselves. Look in the mirror because that's where the answer lies. I closed last week with the quote from Vernon Howard and I'll do it again this week. The philosopher Vernon Howard said that human sickness is so severe that few can bear to look at it, but those who do will become well. This is all about the willingness to take a look at ourselves, which is the development of true respect for ourselves, which we cannot give to anyone else until we have it first for ourselves. Respect and responsibility is the answer. With that said, that's all the time we have for here on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, there are only two mistakes that one can make on the path to truth. Not starting and not going all the way. We'll see you here next week on What on Earth is Happening. Thanks for listening.